0: So now we're going to read from uh, John 17, verse 6 to verse 20. Uh, but Lord, I'm going to pray first that you um, help us in this commitment to pray as a ministry, Lord, to pray for all sorts of things, but um, particularly to pray for one another. And um, and Father, I, I, I do ask that you would stir us up to remember that we can come a little bit early or we can stay for that extra half an hour. Um, and pray before we go into having um, fellowship or lunch or whatever the other things we do, that, that we could pray together and call upon you, Lord. You tell us to call, and that's what we see Jesus do in these in this chapter in John's Gospel, that he is praying to you. He's doing what he's always doing through his earthly ministry. And, Father, I know that I don't pray enough, and so um, I just ask, Lord, that you would help us to to carry go go through with this commitment to pray and to um yeah and to come and to be a part of this ministry and in the way that we uh we minister to each other and in the way that we hopefully are taking your truth out into the world in which we live and i pray father that you would help us do that um in jesus name Amen. Amen. amen so Hello Gwen, you're going to have to sit at the front. Oh my goodness. It might, you might want to sit by the fan. It might be cooler. Are you're not too bad. You've just cycled from Cheltenham and you're not too bad, my goodness. Wow. <laughs> Amazing. Do you want to get a cup of tea or coffee or a drink? Yeah, okay. All right. So John 17, six to 20. Would you just read through, You know, take a couple of verses each and just read. It doesn't matter who starts. Just start anywhere. I have manifested your
1: name
2: to the people whom you gave me out of the world. Yours they were, and you gave them to me, and they
3: will test your word. Now they have come to know that everything you have given me is from you.
2: For the words which you gave me, I have given to them, and they received
3: them, and truly understood, and I came forth from you, and they believed that you sent me. I ask on their behalf, I do not ask on behalf of the world, but of those whom you have given me, for they are yours, and all things that are mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I have been glorified in them. I am no
4: longer in the world, and yet they themselves are in the world, and I come to you, Holy Father, keep them in your name, the name which you have given me
5: that
6: they may be one even as we are one. After saying all these things, Jesus brings up to heaven with the Father. that no, uh, no. 12, No. Yeah. John
3: 13, verse 12. So no.
6: yeah. Is it
3: on the right?
6: i mm. <laughs> <laughs> no. mm.
5: no, Oh, there we are. During my 20 During my again, to 20. I
6: protected them uh, uh, of the the name you gave I guided them so that not one or none of them was lost. I for this No, But no. no. no, well. mm.
1: now I come to you, and these things
2: I speak in the world so that they may have my joy made full in themselves mm. oh, I have given them your word, and the world has hated them because they are not of the world even as I am not of the world. I do not ask you to take them out of the world, but to keep them from the evil. one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Make them wholly consecrated with the truth. Your word is consecrating truth. In the same way that you <coughs> gave me a mission in the world, I give them a mission in the world. I'm consecrating myself for their sakes so, so there'll be truth const- mm-hmm. consecrated
0: in their mission and then the last verse, 20
1: I do not ask on behalf of the, these alone, but for those also who believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, even as you fa- father are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us so
0: that the world may believe that you sent him. Thank you. Okay, so last time we looked at those first five verses. So what was Jesus saying in the first five verses? Because he began his prayer, verse one. Jesus spoke these things, and lifting up his eyes to heaven, he said, Father. So what, what was his prayer in the first or the beginning of his prayer? What was it about? To glorify his father. And how was it how would the father be glorified? Through the sun. Yeah. Through the Son through the Son what? through the son being glorified Mm -hmm. so uh, glorify me he says um, so that the son may glorify you Mm -hmm. even as you gave him authority over all flesh that to all you have given him he may give eternal life so the giving of eternal life um, was Jesus' mission actually his mission was of course to glorify the father but glorifying the father involved giving eternal life to those that put their trust in him um, and therefore were given to him by god so um you know i think sometimes we can miss that it looks like jesus is praying for himself but he's actually starting that way so that he's going to pray for his disciples who follow him because their mission is essentially the same they can't give eternal life but they can lead their people to the one who gives eternal life and when they do that what will they be doing so yeah they'll be glorifying jesus and in fact, glorifying the Father, because that's the process of glorification. And so um, Jesus' prayer began with glorify me as I've glorified you. I've accomplished the work you gave me to do. I've given eternal life to those that you have given me. And now, basically, um, he says, I've sent them into the world so that they can do what I did. So, and, and all those who believe in, that, in you through those first disciple says that's you and me that's you and me and so what's the way that we glorify the father I mean I've already said it so wh- by believing but also in, on the mission that we have how do we glorify other people by witnessing to other people about the reality of Jesus and the fact that he gives eternal life and that without him you have eternal death. Mm. So when you think about that, you know we can think of a lot of ways that we might glorify God, that we might think we're glorifying God, and a lot of them will be good things to do. But Jesus says here that the way that he glorified the Father was first accomplishing the work that God gave him to do, and that work was um, bringing people to eternal life. So all of the good things that we do are not good if they are not bringing people to the one who gives eternal life. So, because if we're leaving people without at least the knowledge of where to go for eternal life, then we're doing them a great disservice and actually we're not loving them, we're not glorifying God. So we, as I say, we might have lots of things that we think are glorifying to God, but actually may not be. If their culmination is not, there is Jesus And he is the one who gives life. Um, And I think that's so important for us to remember because it's so easy for us to get caught up in lots of good things and not talk about the eternal life that's only found in Jesus. And we've become a church that's afraid in some ways to say that you only find eternal life in Christ. That outside of Christ there is no life, there's only death. And, And we are a bit afraid to say that. Because we think it sounds arrogant, we think it sounds proud, we think that it's not encompassing enough for people. Um, so, yeah, so I think Jesus' prayer is uh, important in that it really focuses in, zeroes in on, on what our mission is and what he sent us for. So he's praying for the 11 disciples. Judas is already gone. He, he left the scene in John 13 when Jesus washed his feet. Um, so he's praying for the eleven disciples, and it's not the first time that he prayed for them. He prayed for them all through his ministry. I'm just going to give you um, some scriptures, Luke six verse 12. He prayed for them before or prayed about them before he chose them. That's what Luke says. Luke 6 verse 12. He prayed for them during his ministry all the time, Luke 6, verse 15. He prayed for them at the end of his ministry. Luke 22, verse 32. And here in, in verses 6 to 20, this is the end of his life. He's coming just in a uh, this night, actually. He's going to go and be arrested the night that he's praying this. So he's prayed for these disciples all the way through his ministry and his life. And later, he's going to continue to pray for them in heaven. And not just for them, but for those who believe in him through their word, which is you and me. So I was, I was thinking about that. I could understand Jesus praying for them through his life on earth but I was wondering what are we to learn from the fact that he's still praying for us in heaven I mean what what's the point of that
6: We're
0: protected. We are protected. Um, well he's, it, this is a statement of truth here so we are protected so we are protected um, uh, Peter will say that we are protected through faith by the power of God so that's a statement of fact. Why does Jesus have to pray for our protection if we are already protected? So I, I, So I think there is something in that, Juliet, but I'm not sure that that's exactly what, what um, we might take. Why would you pray for someone?: what? An
7: example,
0: example. yeah. that he's
7: communicating. Yes,
0: I think that's true, and I think he's reiterating what he knows that Father will do. So he's aligning himself with. So if you're right there, Juliet. He's praying for protection because God has promised to protect. Yes, I think so. But just think about who do you pray for? Who who do you pray for most? People you love. People you love. You pray for people you love you pray for people you love mostly you pray for other things too but you tend to pray a lot for people you love so why is jesus praying for us because he loves us and because he's concerned about us and how often is he praying for us all the time and why might he pray for us because we are the body of christ we are the bride of christ so he's praying, and I think praying for, through probably all the promises of God, which is, are his promises, praying through all those promises, reiterating or iterating, my husband always says it's not reiterating, it's only iterating, so iterating <laughs> um, the, the promise of God about us. Um, I think I had this idea that Jesus had to pray for me because um, I, I, in some way I was displeasing to God. And that he was praying for me to, that God wouldn't cast me out. But that's completely that the opposite of... Is that what you said? I did for a long time think that, good job, Jesus is praying for me, <laughs> because that might keep me in. Um, because I didn't really understand why would Jesus pray otherwise, you know. So it was this idea that he needs to pray for me to get the Lord to not see my sin. But that's completely not true.
3: He's he's only taken on board that Jesus loves, him
0: loves exactly him. I think lo- the love of Jesus is very hard for us yes. to take on board as you say and to really live in mm-hmm. the love that Jesus has for us and that's why I think that this struck me about his prayer he's still praying for us because he loves us primarily because he loves us and so um, and yeah go ahead just this book yeah <laughs> I'm used to it and. Um, okay. God knows
2: Yeah.
7: Um, so why
0: does Jesus have to remind him? <laughs> yeah, I, I, that's what I'm saying. I'm not sure that it is the reminding thing. I don't think it is the reminding thing. I don't think he has to go to my father and say, "Oh, you better remember she's mine," because that would be a bit odd if God forgot that I was His and that. So I think it's simply the the unity of relationship. That God the Father and God the Son have the same purpose, and the, so Jesus praying for us is really just God praying for us. Yeah, mm. you God know. God loving us. Constantly. Exactly, loving us.
7: A, a constant Exactly. The three. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's the yeah, it's the union. Yeah. And they all love
2: us.
0: Yeah, exactly. And,
2: and
6: that's just
0: what it is, really. Yeah, it, it is. But, the, the, but what's the purpose of it then? Why would, why would he put oh, that in here? God. Go ahead, Linda, what were because you going to well, say? I, I
3: was just going to say, well, we are in Christ. We are part of the family of Yeah, yeah. And it's not as individuals, really, yeah. that he's praying for us. Yeah. It? Because that's what he came to, to, to found. Exactly. To
0: his body and his church and his, Yeah. So yeah, but I think, don't you think it's interesting that he's praying now, a prayer, praying for us as believers uh, because our work is not yet finished. His work is finished. Yeah. He's done. He's, he says it is finished and on the cross. Exactly, that. and that's where we began, wasn't it? We yeah. began with prayer at all times, that, yeah. that parable in Luke 18 where Jesus says pray and don't faint pray at all times lest you faint yeah. and so um, there's. but I, I do really think in here at the beginning when he's talking about praying and, and the fact that he, that we, we know he's praying for us still I do really think that he's going to uh, end with the unity of all believers he's going to end with this idea of the unity of believers that we are to be as one as he and the father are as one which is what you're saying Linda isn't it that it's, it's the relationship, and actually, when you think about it, when you love someone, the way God loves us, or Christ loves us, same thing in this instance, no one has to tell you to do good things for that person. No one has to tell you when you have a, a child, for example, you don't have to be told you bet it in the normal course of events, that you have to feed that child and love that child and, and keep that child warm and no one tells you that you just instinctively want to do that mm-hmm. and that's what I think we're being shown here the instinctive outpouring of relationship in Christ Jesus and that is prayer prayer for us Jesus praying for us and us praying for one another mm-hmm. why, why would I have to te- ask you to pray for me? Mm-hmm. no I, what I mean is Juliet Juliet you should already be praying for me. Yeah. I hate that word, should. So <laughs> why would I ask you to... Why would I f- even think of having to say, pray for me, when actually we would, as a family, want to be praying for each other? Now, just extend that out, not for individuals, but extend it out to the body of Christ, out to the... To the wo- yeah, that's it, because as we pray for one another, what happens to us? Because, I mean, we're not Jesus wish that we were we had we were already transformed but um why when we pray for one another what happens get more more personal than that julia what happens when you pray for one another
5: right well think what happens
0: when someone irritates you I mean, nobody ever irritates me, of course. I'm totally... But when someone irritates me, and after I've done my, you know, kicking the can and the cat, and sorry, Juliet, not the cat, but, you know. So um, when I've done those things, I then know that I have to pray for that person. I must pray for that person because in praying for that person, not only am I doing what I think the Lord wants me to do, but he is changing my heart. And he is ministering to me. So the people that irritate you the most are the people that you might probably want to pray for the most. The people who... Um and he always puts them in your path. Yeah, of course, because that's it. <laughs> so I'm not trying to make... I mean, I suppose I have made a lot of it. I don't want to make too much of it. But I, what is unity in the body of Christ if not that we pray for one another? I mean, what, what, what does it look like unless we pray for one another? Prayer should be like the thing that everything else comes from
3: <laughs> loving and caring
0: yeah so loving and caring in an active way comes from this praying and and actually what Jesus is saying well, what Hebrews says is that Jesus is constantly interceding for us praying for us and from that prayer comes action and that's what he's going to describe in this um, in this chapter he's going to pray for specific things um, that God would do and, and the reason he's praying is because we're still here. And where is here? I mean, it's not our ancestor. Where is here? The world. Yeah, the world. And what's the world? We talked about it last week. The world is enemy territory. That's what it is. And so he's praying for us because we're in enemy territory, because the world, the enemy hates us. That's what he says in this in this prayer and that and because it would be very easy for us to go under under the weight of that hate and persecution and difficulty. <coughs> go ahead, Alan.
5: I don't think we're for you because you seem by stand from
6: it you seem to have everything. Oh.
0: Um how long have you been a Christian, Alan?
6: About <laughs> <laughs> five
0: you know that you are not to look according to the flesh you know that you cannot judge a person by what they look like and you have no clue what's going on in a person's life that's why we need to pray for one another because when we pray God will open our eyes uh, the eyes of our faith to what is really necessary for those people I mean if you don't think I need protection from the enemy then where have you been the last 12 years? <laughs> <laughs> I said same. Ah, same, okay. That was the one. Okay. <laughs> and that's, okay. and I,
5: think
0: I was right that very
1: often we, we don't look at each other with the eyes of
0: Jesus. That's and it. We
1: miss the
3: tears and needs and mm. things that are going on mm. mm. because we're self absorbed or mm. absorbed in our busyness. Mm. So, I yes. think that's a good point.
0: And prayer yes. changes that, because yeah. once you start to pray for a person, <coughs> even when you don't know what specifically to pray for, God shows you. Yes, Juliet. Forgive me if I'm wrong, but I and I know I am, from what you just
1: said, <laughs> 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 <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I'm to say. I thought,
6: intercession, was
7: Jesus taking our prayer through the Holy Spirit to
1: our Holy Father, but it's him praying
6: for us. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's okay. It's a very tricky thing because the Trinity itself is like totally mind-blowing. How yeah. can we get that? Yeah. So even when we're thinking about the Son praying to the Father, it's like, well, I've already separated them, but they're actually not separate. They are the Trinity. They are one, which Jesus ends with, even as we are one. Yeah. So it's, it's very hard. I, I Yeah, that's perfectly... I mean I thought Jesus had to keep me in the family. Do you know what I mean? I think I thought he had to keep saying, Don't kick her out, Lord. She's you know, she'll end up okay. Don't kick her out. Anyway. So um so uh Jesus says here right at the beginning that we've been separated from the world, separated. Um, out of the world or separated from the world. And he uses the word world 18 times in this chapter. So you know this is an important concept that we don't belong to the world, that we've been separated from it and that we need protection from it. So we're always talking about Satan and his work and that's real. But actually the world itself is our enemy. The world and its ideas and its speculations and its cultures and its societies, all of it is our enemy but the problem for us is that we don't see it as the enemy a lot of the time mm-hmm. and we're aligning ourselves with what we see to be the christian parts of the world mm-hmm. and and not with the other parts of the world so um so he's praying No no I'm I just
1: not wrote down just the
6: world hates us, Yeah it, it's what the world
0: represents Yeah exactly mm-hmm. it's the ideas the speculation the culture the um, Yeah, all of that, the thinking, the philosophies, all of that is against Christianity because all of it is building itself up against the knowledge of God. That's what Paul says in, um, I forget where, but anyway, that's what he says. So, Corinthians somewhere. So he says that we should be destroying speculations and every lofty thing that raises itself against the knowledge of God. And that's really the thinking of the world. And we're taking that on. I said last time, didn't I? Uh, Romans 12, verse 1 and 2, where Paul says, do not be conformed to this world. What it actually means in Greek is stop being conformed. It's happening right now. Stop. Put a stop to it. And that's kind of, well, at the very least, it's challenging. Yeah, go ahead. I don't think I conform a lot to the world but I do occasionally listen to the news. Does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> no. No. Oh my goodness no. I mean I'm I'm more than occasionally watch football and that is very worldly. So <laughs> hopefully hopefully I can still do that and the cricket. Did you see the cricket? I mean the World Cup it was just amazing the cricket. So um but but it Oh. But the thing is It's not, it's not, it's that we understand the difference between their philosophy and Christ, between, and that we can view things that happen in the world through the lens of our faith. Because otherwise, I mean, you know, at the moment, we're all of us up in arms about Brexit. The whole world's, well, countries up in arms about Brexit. Now, there'll be people who want to leave Europe, and people, Christians who want to leave Europe, and Christians who don't. And, you know, Actually, whether we leave Brexit or not, I mean, is important because we are to be involved in our world and, and try to pray for whatever we think. But actually, the whole thing it has become, in some ways, a smokescreen because now Christians are against Christians. and And that's not unity in the body. That's not unity. It's not that we are one as you are one. And so there has to be a way that I can super... Oh, what's the word where I can uh, go above the discussion about the thing of the world Brexit in this case and can love my fellow Christians even though they don't want what I want knowing that in the end the kingdom of God is coming yes. and, and, and Brexit will be like a little pebble on the drive out there mm-hmm. it will be meaningless
2: With the Brexit thing I mean I, I have a different opinion from everybody here but I've never
0: said it yeah there you go now you have. Now we'd all hate you. You know, yes, Brexit,
7: all well, that sort of thing. And I'm sitting there thinking, but that's not the conclusion I came to. But I dare say it. Well, I can tell you,
0: you're not the only one who thinks yeah. that.
3: No. You said you've got a different opinion from everybody here. You don't no, have but everybody
7: was, what I'm saying is that's how it came across. And if that's how we come across yes. to each other, exactly. you know, I wouldn't say it in this group. That is not. Good,
0: is it? Now, I'm
7: not saying that's not my problem of not saying it, but
0: you know what I mean? I do, I do, I do, Um, Um, and that's what we're talking about. Exactly, that's what we're talking about. And the whole thing is um, we are to love one another, and what happens in this world is important (coughs) in terms of us trying to witness to this world about the soon coming of Jesus. Mm. And so Brexit is a perfect opportunity to do that. Whichever side of the fence you sit. Well, Brexit is important and it's causing so much chaos and confusion and who can work it out what's ever yeah. going to happen? Yeah. But one thing we know, that life, eternal life is in Jesus Christ and that all of this will pass. Yeah. It will pass. Yeah. And, and, and our, we are looking at the city to come not the one that we are actually have got our feet on. So it was just an example. Brexit, you know, it was just an example. But um, So um, Jesus said um, that God had separated from the world and that he said that they have kept your word or they have obeyed your word. Verse, um, I manifested your name to them whom you gave me out of the world. They were yours and you gave them to me and they have kept your word. What does he mean by that? What does he mean, kept your word? What's the word that he gave them? I um, in John 17, that's okay, verse 6. They have kept your word. Yeah, that is the word. But what word have they kept or held on to? Yeah, believing the gospel. They have believed, or what the Bible calls, obeyed the gospel message. They have kept the gospel. And they've put their faith in what Jesus says about himself. So he says he is, because remember, Christ has not yet died. They don't fully understand that. So... Um, because Peter is still going to cut off the, the guy's ear in, when they try to arrest Jesus, so he still doesn't understand exactly what's happening. But what is it that they've trusted about Jesus? What has Jesus said all the way through John's Gospel? Yes. That, yes. The way, the that he's the way, the truth, and the life, and
3: yes. that he
0: and the Father are one. Yes. That he is. God in the flesh and and that when you think about it this is to people who don't understand yet that he's going to die they don't fully understand the resurrection they think about the resurrection in the way Jews thought about the resurrection and that is that we'll all be resurrected at the end um, So they're not quite sure about all of that stuff, but what they are sure about, what they've kept, is Jesus Christ is God in the flesh. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. They have put their trust in that. So now think about how that has ramifications for us. How does that have ramifications for us as we're witnessing What is the thing that, um, I mean, Jehovah's Witnesses, for example, they believe in God. But they do not believe that Jesus is God. They believe he is a son of God, but not the son of God. They do not believe that he has equality with the Father. And, And that is a really big point. Every cult that has ever existed has not believed that Jesus is God. Mormons, they do not believe that Jesus is God. So, How important is it, then, when we're speaking about God and the Lord Jesus and all of those things, how important is it when we're thinking about prayer, when we're trying to pray for one another, when we're trying to pray for the strength of the church, how important is it that we understand that Jesus is God, that he is equal with the Father, that there is not this hierarchy in the Trinity, because that's what we automatically think. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. There's a hierarchy. There is no hierarchy in the Trinity. <laughs> Jesus claimed equality with God. That's why the Jews were stoning him, or wanted to stone him, earlier in John's Gospel. Because he, had m- he being a mere man, made himself out to be God. That's what it says, go ahead.
1: I I've
0: been a Christian for just over two years,
1: and this to confuse me, <laughs> about how to pray. Yeah, sorry. I just this question <laughs> about, about yeah. So when I pray, yeah. I just pray to God. Is that enough? I don't have to go through.
0: No, Father, Jesus, you don't. No you have to go through no hoops. Good. You literally just say, Father, Father. Mm-hmm. Father. Yes, I know. It takes up half an hour, and then you think, well, who have I got to pray for now? Yeah, yeah. So no, you come straight to the Father. Jesus says that actually when he says this disciples say, teach us how to pray. He says, pray in this way, Father. Our Father, so you just Father. Mm-hmm. So, um yeah, the Trinity's confusing, though. I mean, even as I'm explaining it, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, is this right? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Is this really right? I once
5: heard it explained down to children at a church that I went to, and they explained it like an egg. Mm. the children, they said, if you imagine you've got the egg, and you've got well, yeah. the shell, the white, and the yolk, but it's still yeah. an egg. Yeah,
0: it is. It's quite... It is a good way to explain it. It's like water and ice and, and yes. gas, isn't Ste- it? Yeah. Steam. It is a good way, but it's still not perfectly right no. because each no. thing is separate, yeah. whereas God is not. No. So it's like, you know, yeah. God is spirit. The Bible court says that God is spirit. Yeah. So, mm. <laughs> what, what were you going to say? Oh, no. oh, the shamrock. Yeah, Gwen no. says the shamrock here, the mm. three-leaf the three shamrock. In one yeah, exactly. Ah. Okay. People Okay, perfect example, especially for them, so yeah. So, but it's difficult, but what we're trying to get at is... I forget now what we were trying to get at. Oh yeah, they kept his word <laughs> that he is God. He and the Father are one. Um, and that's important because if you put hierarchy in the Trinity, as you're saying, Juliet, you go through all these hoops to get to the Father, and you start to think that there's hierarchy within the body of Christ. And there is no hierarchy in the body of Christ. There is no hierarchy. There are no people who are um, more important than other people. We are all children of God in Christ Jesus. And we, none of us, have any authority over another. You don't have authority. I don't have authority when I'm teaching. I have no authority over the people who hear my teaching at all. The only authority I have is the ministry of teaching that God has given me. So the problem with having hierarchy in the Trinity is that you have hierarchy. We start to put it everywhere. We put it in the church. We put it everywhere. Um, Humans like hierarchy, especially if we're at the top. (laughs) We love it then. (laughs) So, um, okay. So... um, They've obeyed their, his word. They've responded to his message that, that he is God in the flesh. Um, but that didn't mean that their faith was perfect. It didn't mean that they totally understood it. I don't think they did. I don't think they could totally understand it. They were men and they didn't know what was coming and they didn't know. But they trusted his word. And that's the thing. They trusted his word. And so for us... I've got some questions. Is Jesus praying this for you? Can he say, they have kept your word? Mm-hmm. She, he has kept your word. Can, can Jesus pray that for you? Mm-hmm. Have you believed who he is and the reason he came? Because yeah. there are many people who sa- would say they're Christians and maybe, but they don't actually believe the purpose for which he came what was the purpose that Jesus came he came to die he came to die that we might live in all of the other things that that encompasses Um, so are you telling other people about God in the flesh are you hot at the back Uh, no it's the time of life oh sorry Juliet (laughs) sorry to bring, bring attention to it sorry and are you living in obedience to his word? You know, and, and your answer is probably yes. Because if you're not, whatever else you're doing, you're not completing the work that he's left you to do. You know, and yeah. So what was he praying for specifically? We, as we go on through this section, he, he prayed specifically for two things. What was he praying? Uh, to
6: glorification and
0: unity. Yeah, glorification and unity. But before that, specifically, he mentions two things. Right up in verse... Um, where am I? 7, 8? Um, uh, f- yeah, between, between verse 7 and verse uh, 10, he asks for two things. Oh, sorry,
5: verse
0: 12. Yeah, he asks for preservation or protection, and he asks for sanctification. Sorry, verse 16. So the whole of that section, he's praying for those disciples and those who believe in him. God, keep them from the evil one. The word keep means watch over, guard, protect, preserve. And the uh, other prayer is for sanctification. Who is he not praying for? Yes.
6: Non-believers. non-believers.
0: He's not praying for non-believers. He's not praying for the world. He's praying for believers to be protected and to be sanctified. Um, why did Jesus pray this for them? Hmm?
3: He knew the perils.
0: Of, uh, he knew the, the perils, the, yeah. The temptation. Of the
3: flesh. Yeah, the weakness
0: of the flesh. Yeah. How did Jesus know the weakness of the flesh? Because he never he sinned.
6: It he
0: yeah, he'd experienced it himself. In what way? He was Temptation. That's the big one. He was tempted in all things as we are tempted yet without sin. Okay, so um, he's praying because God owns them and because God has taken them out of separated them from the world and he's praying for those two specific things um, just because he loves them or what? Because they're his.
2: Because
0: they're his, yeah.
2: Yeah. Why else? If they are if they do, you know, follow it, mm-hmm. then they glorify God. Yeah,
0: there you go, that. there you go. If you want to fulfil the purpose of God for your life, then a certain amount of protection needs to be going on, if not complete protection for you, and also sanctification. Why, do, why would God, why would he be asking the Father to sanctify them in the truth, your word is truth, why is he asking them for, the, for God to do that? Yeah, they can't do it themselves.
3: Because if we they are, are speaking the truth, they are to bring truth to other people, and it has got to be the truth.
0: Yes, because it's got to be the truth that they're speaking. What What sanctification doing in you? Making you more like Jesus. So the more that you are sanctified, what would be happening?
5: Changing. They're
3: coming Um
0: Yeah. Think about your mission. So what, what, what was Jesus' mission? I mean, it was to, to die and to bring us eternal life, to glorify the Father. So the more we are like him, the more we are able to glorify the Father. So why does he want the, his Father to sanctify us? Because we are then more able to not only speak truth, but to live truth. And people know the difference between your words and your actions. And if there is a difference, they don't believe what you say. So if you tell me about a God who has given you peace and joy and love and completeness and has taken loneliness and a God who will get rid of your anxiety and fear, if you live in anxiety and fear and if you have no peace and no joy and you don't love anybody, I will not believe in the God that you are proclaiming. And that's why he's praying this so think about it how important is it for us to pray for each other and for ourselves that god would sanctify us it's vital it's absolutely vital jesus could have prayed anything but he prayed two things protect them from the evil one and sanctify them in the truth and so if you're praying if if you're praying for me or if i'm praying for you that surely would be the way that I would pray. Well how often do you pray, <laughs> you know, those two things for each other? Maybe you do. So this is not um a guilt trip, I it's just
5: anxious
0: though. Mm. I do get quite
5: anxious, but I don't the funny thing is I don't when I'm reading the word and yeah. doing anything else, it's yeah. like natural I think, oh I'm getting anxious and so then it's about
0: me, isn't it? Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Well anxiety and fear is just a natural human response That's the thing. It's a human response. Fear is not sin. Anxiety is not sin. It's the human response to difficulty and problems and things that you are not in control of. So in a way, you could say it's a gift from God that you have fear because if you went around thinking you could control everything all the time, you would be completely idiotic. So fear of things that you can't control is a gift from God. But why does he give it? Why do you feel that fear and that anxiety? Exactly so that you constantly go back to him. Yeah. Yeah. So all of those things, you know. So we're praying to be sanctified in the truth. Um, I'm praying for you. You're praying for me. We're praying for each other. We're praying for the body of Christ to be sanctified in the truth. Um, yeah. And how often do we have to pray that? All the time. All the time. <laughs> all the time. Why? because the spirit is willing but the flesh is very weak Mm. the flesh is very weak Mm. and so we are to be praying that the um, idea of protection um, why are we to be praying for protection I mean as I said earlier God has promised to protect us because we have enemies and they are subtle and powerful yeah. and we have yeah. enemies out for our destruction yeah. and, and we need protection from it and we have enemies we can't see in the normal course of our life we just don't see them yeah. don't realise they're there so God is, um, Jesus is praying protect them from the evil one protect them from evil and how much more we would need to pray that for ourselves and for each other I mean Um, yeah I've written here I need your prayers we all need the prayers of each other Um, and and Jesus calls his father holy here what does he say holy why does he call God holy Um, holy father verse 11. 11 I am no longer in the world, and yet they themselves are in the world. And I come to you, Holy Father, keep them in your name, the name which you have given me, that they may be one as we are. So why does he call God holy? Yeah, totally and utterly set apart. Totally and utterly set apart. So what is, what, why is he saying that here? No. Why does he call God a totally separated set apart God? He's not of the world. He's not of the world. But what's he just said about us? We
3: are we're the we're
0: the but we're not we're the of the world. So we've been separated too. So can you see what he's doing? You've been separated out of the world, but your God is separated out of the world. So the Father the the, the God is a separated God. He's not like people and in a spiritual sense you are not like people you are different you you think differently and you you act differently spiritually speaking because you are your spirit is totally separated so what's going on with the rest of you what is the rest of you spirit body body and soul so what's going on with your body well, we won't talk about bodies. Okay. What's going on with your soul? What's going on with your soul? It's being made into the character of Christ. That's what sanctification is. So what does God want, uh, Jesus want us to know when he says, Holy Father, um, what, what do you think he wants them to know when he's, to, you know, he's praying this in front of them? He's just said, you know, they've been separated from the world. Where are we? Um, I am no longer in the world, and yet they themselves are in the world. I come to you, Holy Father, that you keep them in, in your name. Yes. What do you think he wants us to know?
5: God's looking
0: after us. Yeah, God more.
5: Us set apart
0: God. Well, we are set apart. So, but what else then? Mm. If he says we've been set apart, and then he says God's set apart or separate what do you think he wants you to know He's aligning us. With you he's aligning you with God with this holy God so when you think about that he's think about those 11 disciples okay this room of people and Jesus is standing looking up to heaven and praying for them and he's saying sanctify them in the truth your word is truth keep them from the evil one you'd start to shake in your boots A, keep them from the evil one, an evil one I can't see, and B, sanctification, make them separate, holy, make them holy like you. It's like, how's that ever going to happen? So when he says then, Holy Father, and uh, God is a separated God, he's not like people, you are like God. I mean, I don't mean that in any blasphemous way, but spiritually, you have been put into Christ Jesus, into God. You are separate. Yes, so you are separate. And if God is holy, what will you be? Holy. And holiness is not what you do. It's who you are. Holiness is not what God does. It's who he is. So you are holy because of who you are in Christ, not because of what you do. Do you see what I mean? So he's trying to match your actual what you can see yourself do in your soul and your activities to what you already are. He's making you what you already are. No, please nod. Oh, yeah.
6: Actually,
1: so He's that's, that's quite helpful, because if you talked to a new believer or a near new believer and have this conversation that you are holy, they would sort of think that you are a bit... Yeah, you know, exactly. Uh, but that phrase it's not what you do, it's who, who you, you, are. you are. Yeah. Become someone different. Yeah.
0: And the thing is, this is probably something you can't share outside of the family. These are all family secrets in a way, <laughs> you know what I mean? They're, they're they're things that we can pray for each other and build each other up with, but it's quite difficult to go to someone as you say, Kate, so well, I'm I'm holy. You I'm holy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean that's like you know So it's the name, isn't
2: it? it is. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Then in, in your, your name. name. Yeah. And then he says, the name which you've given me. Yeah. Exactly. That, that
7: name, is the name we have Exactly. Ah. Yeah. The
0: exactly. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And that I mean we talked about it That's I think the last the week the name. name. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's yeah. the family name. Yeah. So, I think I asked you last week um, um, Jesus says that they would be protected by the power of his name doesn't he here um, and in Proverbs 18 I think it is, says that the name of the Lord is a strong tower the righteous run to it and are safe so I was thinking about that I know I asked last time but just before we break for coffee what are some of the names that you might need about God when you need protection or when you need to understand that you are different Or when you need to work out the fact that this persecution is coming at you and why is it coming at you? Because you are different. What names of God might be useful to know?
1: All seeing.
0: Yeah, all seeing.
1: Omnipotent.
0: Omnipotent,
6: yeah.
0: Think about this idea that the name of the Lord is a strong tower, the righteous run to it and are safe. I mean, there should be two well maybe one question that leaps out of that at you maybe not for you (laughs) who is righteous who's the righteous one who can run to the name of the lord that is a strong tower
6: hmm
0: there you go. Those of us who have been called righteous in Christ Jesus, we can run to the name of the Lord, and what is that likened to in Proverbs? A strong tower. And what do we get when we get there? You get safe and safety and rest and protection and refuge. And all of the Psalms talk about the refuge and the safety and the peace and the rest of God. In there. Go ahead, Linda.
3: Name, um, mm-hmm. and it's not just as we say, my name is. Mm. It actually means your reputation yeah. and your character yeah. and your authority mm-hmm. and the renown. Yeah. And I, that really yeah. spoke to me. So every time I come across name, yeah. when I'm reading it in the yeah. word, I think that's exactly that means more than yeah,
0: I meant. exactly. <laughs> and it's, it's yeah, mm-hmm. it is. And so thinking about what Jenny said, Mm -hmm. we bear the name Christian. Why do we need protection and we need sanctification? Why? Because we bear the name Christian. We bear Jesus' name. And that's we're supposed to uphold his reputation and make him make his his character known. So
3: Yes. Responsibility.
0: Yeah. we'll stop there I think we'll stop there and um, yeah we'll stop there and have some coffee and then we'll come back so Father thank you for, um, for fellowship thank you for coffee and tea and biscuits particularly thank you Lord for all of it thank you that we can um, have this sweet fellowship one with the other Lord I do pray that there will have been exchanges that were more than just um, it's hot today I do pray, Father, that we are we, you will bring us into that place where we can trust one another uh, with our issues and our problems and our difficulties and with our joys, Lord, and our testimonies of your greatness and your wonderful mercy and grace to us, Father. I pray that we would start beginning, or not beginning, but continue to grow in our idea of family and what that means and um, how we do care for one another. Uh, and, Lord, you know, we're... For the most part british which makes that difficult and um and we need help anyway lord because um humanly speaking we uh, tend not to be um so overwhelmingly sharing everything in our lives so i pray father it's a bit of a convoluted prayer now but i pray lord that you would be building us up as a family and that we would be glorifying you as we care for one another and share with each other in jesus name Amen. amen Um OK, I don't know why I had to tell the Lord that we were British mostly. I suspect you. <laughs> it's like, you know, you. I know, what's that about, actually? <laughs> Who am I talking to? Okay, so, uh, Jesus prayed for um, their preservation, their protection, their guarding, and he actually gave a purpose for it, which we haven't really talked about. We've talked about the need for preservation because we are in the world, uh, but he actually um, gave it a specific purpose, um, and that is, I'm trying to find the verse, that they may be one even as we are one, um, even as we are um, Yes, 11. verse 11, 11, thank you. I am no longer in the world, and yet they themselves are in the world. And I come to you, Holy Father, keep them in your name, the name which you have given me, that they may be one as we are. That's an enormous statement. <laughs> it's an enormous statement. So um, so the prayer essentially for preservation and protection is to preserve the unity of the family. Um so, what's the pattern for that unity? I mean, he gives it here. So, what what is the the, the picture of that unity? Unity of the Father and the Son. Yeah. What do you know about the Father-Son unity and the Holy Spirit? But he doesn't mention the, the Holy Spirit. So, so what do you know about that unity? What did Jesus constantly repeat through his time on Earth about his relationship with the Father? We're the same. I only do what you d- I see you do. I only say what I, I hear you say. My purpose is the same as your purpose. I came to fulfill the work that you gave me to do. The whole thing is this picture of unity of purpose, of uh, feeling, of relationship, the whole thing. Um, so it's a unity of will and purpose. Um, and so how will their being protected help that? If he's praying for their protection, how will it help that?
1: It'll make them more confident in going out, knowing that God is
4: there behind
0: them. All. Yeah, it'll make them more confident, definitely. Is this
1: anything to do with when you're, when you're not united, you're separated,
0: and then you're easy, easy pickings? I think that's definitely part of it, yeah. End, easy pickings, yeah. yeah, when you're separated. Watch the, um, who, I don't know who said it, uh, Divide and Conquer. Who, says, who said divide and conquer? Some great historian or warrior or somebody. Yes. Dividing and conquering is the work of the enemy. And if he can divide us, he can overwhelm us. He can't ever essentially take our salvation, but he can certainly conquer us to the extent that we are not um, accomplishing the work that God has left us here to do. So, um, but, but the thing is, is understanding what that unity actually looks like in will and purpose. Because, you know, we're moving into days where people think they're unified with cauliflowers or whatever. You know, they're they're all one with the earth and the planet and the grass and the trees, and that is not true. Um, So what does the unity look like and how does it sound and what is the purpose of our unity? But before we do that... um, he immediately after saying, "I kept them in your name, and the reason for that is that they may be one as you are one." He says, "While I was with them, I was keeping in your name, which you have keeping them in your name, which you have given me. I guarded them, and not one of them perished, but the Son of Perdition, so that scripture would be fulfilled. so Jesus is asking the Father to continue to do what he did when he was on earth, so Jesus' presence with his disciples protected them in the same way that God's presence with us will protect us. Yes. So um, what do you understand about Judas then? I mean, because he brings Judas up right here and he says, you know, I, that, that the son of perdition so that scripture would be fulfilled. What do you understand by that?
1: Yes, yes yes but that so that Jesus would be taken to the cross.
0: But why didn't Jesus guard Judas? Because he was
5: of the devil. He wasn't the God. Because
0: he chose. That's what we chose to do. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah,
5: so that's what I want. We so so chose it, We've got free will.
0: And we have free will. We definitely have free will. So how do we understand Judas then? Because he, he walked and he talked and he lived with Jesus for three years, and to everybody's eye, he looked like a believer. But he
5: wasn't. He was tempted by the pieces of silver, and
0: he. But it says that meant that he was God
4: hadn't chosen him. Where
0: does it say that? Where. Where does it say that?
4: God hadn't chosen him; he'd chosen him to be the he had to, uh, to be um, the one who was going to be betray Jesus. Where did it say? Where does it say that? said that the scripture mm-hmm. would be, we'll be mm-hmm. at the end of
3: verse twelve.
4: Yeah, but it, doesn't it say that it's somewhere else as well?
0: If you find it for me, I'd like to see it because you see, part of all of this brings into question. Did do you have free will to choose salvation, to choose believing in Jesus or not? Or does yes. God go round the room and say Kim I'll have but Juliet no and Kate yes and no. and did God choose Judas to to be uh, what he was, what he ended up? Did God choose that? Well it's always God, isn't it? Always God, whether we choose him or he chooses us, it all goes back to God. It all goes back, that's back that's to God. Well, yeah, what do you mean, though, Kim?
5: Well, we've, still, we've got the choice, free will.
0: What's, what's your choice? What, what free will have you got? Well, to whether to
5: walk with God, whether not to walk with God, right. whether to do his will
0: or not to Well, you have the choice whether to believe in the Lord Jesus or not. Mm. And we know that once you believe in the Lord Jesus, God gives you his spirit and he makes no he's no favorites he presents jesus and yes. says whosoever will may come so maybe whosoever didn't will have the spirit then, because
5: i don't think he could have done that if he truly had the spirit of god in him
0: so take that on further so what so what we're we going to say from that unified, because yeah. i because we can't have it that god chose yeah. people for perdition because that goes against every other scripture that God so loved the world yeah. that he gave his only begotten son that he is not willing for any to perish but all to come it to repentance
6: maybe,
0: just well just yeah. come back off that a minute and just think about that whole thing In
4: John 6 verse 70 and 71 it mm. says Jesus answered them yeah uh, did I myself not choose you, the twelve, and yet one of you is the devil? Yeah. Now he meant Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, for
0: he, one of the twelve, was going to betray him. Yes, but what did God, Jesus is not talking about choosing people for salvation. He's talking about, did I not choose the twelve? Yeah. He prayed before he chose them, and presumably he and the Father worked out who he would choose. So he's not talking there about salvation. He's talking about is it John six or John seven? Six. Six. Because at John chapter six, it ends with um, that Jesus talked about. Unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you can have no part of me. And it says many of the disciples walked away because it was too hard a statement and they couldn't take it. And so Jesus is saying, I chose you. Is it the foundation of the world you chose? No, no, we're not talking about it's salvation so. choice here. We're talking about the chosen for the disciples. I mean they probably were chosen before the foundation of the world, but you know what I mean? That's yes. not what he's saying. He's yes. saying, I chose you. And I even chose Judas.
6: Yes.
0: So he chose them for us because if, if that's salvation choosing, well, what's all that about with Judas? So Jesus chose the twelve to be his intimate disciples. Now think about that in relation to Judas. What does that mean for Judas? he had the the opportunity opportunity to keep the word that Jesus said those eleven did he had the opportunity to believe in fact he had more opportunity than many other people because Jesus chose him to walk with him and live with him and talk with him and be a part of his work so what is it that um, happened with Judas that we know from other things that Jesus has said here No, nope. he did not keep the word. No. Yeah. He didn't keep the word. He did not believe that Jesus and God were one. Yeah. It
2: says in John six sixty four, but there are some of you who do not
0: believe.
2: What mm. Jesus said, mm. for he knew from the beginning who, who? They were who did not, yes.
3: and who yeah. it was who would betray. Exactly.
0: So the fact that Jesus knew it didn't in any way change Judas' fri- free will choice. Mm. He had the choice. So he knew that Judas didn't believe.
2: But but how would scripture have been fulfilled? Because the
0: thing is, God knows everything outside of time. So, of course, God knows that this man, Judas, will betray Jesus. So scripture is fulfilled in that someone would betray Jesus, but Judas had free will. Now, I, the reason I'm stressing it is because it's such a complicated subject. It's like the Trinity. It's impossible sometimes to get to the bottom of it. Yeah. But you can't have a God who chooses people for destruction because, I mean, you could have because he could do what he wants, but the scriptures say he doesn't want any to perish.
2: No, but I tend to think of that as him being Alpha yeah. and Omega. So, you know, because he was at the end, he knows what choices people have made. Mm.
0: he does their choices yeah but what does that mean then that he he does know their choices definitely but he's not acting on the basis of their their choice if if it's not us who determines salvation Mm -hmm. well in some ways i suppose it is but let me come back even further okay so god presents jesus and says okay if you believe in him you're saved for eternity it's your choice Mm -hmm. right let's just think that okay here's jesus you, you can believe in Jesus if you like, but unless God chooses to give you eternal life when you believe, yeah. it makes no difference whether you believe or not. Mm. So it, in essence, it's all in God's control because he's the one who gives life. Mm. Yeah. But he has so determined that we each of us choose. Mm. Yeah, because
7: he couldn't say, well, everybody on this world except Judas Iscariot. No, exactly. Mm. Choice. And actually, just to fulfill the... The, what was prophesied it didn't have to be Judas. If Judas had turned around and said, No, I believe someone, someone else would
0: have done, done. exactly. There was exactly, It's that end. idea because it's, it's, yeah. it's instilling fear yeah. if you think that because God chose some people yeah. for destruction. Yeah. Okay, so look at your husband, look at your wife, look at this. Are they chosen for, for salvation or destruction?
7: And they don't accept Jesus that they're
0: off when Well, gone. the scripture doesn't actually say that. It's a wonderful way to think of it, and I hope that's true, but the scripture doesn't actually say that. It does say other things like it. It says uh, that there is a, a book of life and that there is the Lamb's book of life, yeah. and so you can make that connection, but that's one of those things you've got to hold in your hand and maybe, and hopefully it's true, but there might be some other way.
7: Do you think, do you think
2: go on stony
0: ground and up and seem to be... I do. I do think it's like oh, that. Way. yeah We know people do. Yeah, definitely.
4: definitely.
7: People who seem to be really strong Christians. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. I do. go
7: away. I do think that. But it's when push go go to comes to shove, isn't it? Then you get...
0: Yeah. Well, you I, think think it, I think John, actually, in his first letter, not in the Gospel, I think he makes it quite clear. So 1 John chapter 2, verse 19... Um, They went out from us, but they were not really of us. For if they had been of us, they would have remained with us, but they went out so that it would be shown that they are not all of us. So there's this idea that you can look like you're a believer, you can even talk like you're a believer, but you still may not be a believer. And the proof that you're not a believer is that you walk away. So... um, yeah, it is. It does say that, yeah. yeah.
1: And not just noticing what an unbeliever is, it's noticing what a believer... Yeah, I,
0: I do think as well, though, a lot of that, Kate, is for us to see about ourselves rather than to look at other people. I think that Jesus there, um, by the fruit... Is that John 15? I think he's talking there more about how to assess your own life. Are you attached to the vine or not? because if you are attached to the vine, you will be producing fruit. It's pretty hard to look at someone else's life, because mm. if you saw me on any given day, <laughs> you might think, well, who is that charlatan? <laughs> so, you know, it's hard to look at people's life. Hey, I am totally different at home, so my husband says. Yeah, I can sometimes be a whirling dervish, but um, anyway. So... um did you think, I don't know what he did. It looks like he had some type of repentance because he threw the money back, but I don't know, I don't know. And, um, yeah, exactly. Um, It's a difficult one. And the thing is, we want to think he repented because in us, we want to think poor Judas, you know, hopefully he did get to heaven in the end. But the reality is that there'll be a lot of people who don't. And so, you know...
7: And we think poor Judas because we think... Yeah, it, exactly, goodness, it is, yeah. it is exactly it's the wrong for thing, Jonas, yeah, Judas, you idiot, yeah, you yeah, three years yeah. You
0: still yeah. exactly. You. Yes, that's the merciful, gracious look. <laughs> no, but definitely, definitely, that's it. It's exactly it. And that's what we're, we were kind of talking something about that in, in this idea that um, this, this praying for families, that whole families will come into salvation. So my family will all necessarily believe because they're sanctified by my faith and I'm praying for them all the time. So it must be that God will definitely answer my prayer. But that's totally disregarding free will. And so I don't know how to fully explain the mystery of salvation and how it works, but I do know that God does not suspend full free will, and yet mm-hmm. he is the one who gives eternal life. Mm-hmm. So it's complicated, but it's important, as you say, for that, one of the, that's one of the main reasons, because we feel sorry for people, almost like we've got to protect them from God, who's done something unfair mm-hmm. and unjust. Mm-hmm. So...
3: Was, um, felt that money was more important
0: yeah. because he would take, wouldn't he? From yeah, he took from the purse all the time. He that yeah, to Jesus. definitely. So maybe that was more his God yeah. than you know. Exactly, I think it was. It was. Definitely, yeah. I think it was. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so um, the unity then of will and purpose, Judas did not have that unity. He did not have this. Uh, this desire to fulfill the will and the purpose of God, and he went out. So um, uh, Jesus goes on and he says, I say these things so that they might have my joy made full in themselves. So what does he mean by that, do you think?
6: We're
0: in verse 13. But now I come to you, and these things I speak in the world, so that they may have my joy made full in themselves. (coughs) Why would they have joy? Because he's going to go... to uh, Yeah, when you're in that unity. And how would they be brought into that unity? Because they're not yet in it. He's praying for it, but when would it be given to them? Thus, next, the
4: when he's died
0: and been resurrected, yeah. and the Holy Spirit is given. Yeah, in fact, when he's um, uh, the, the the giving of the Holy Spirit is again. People have got all sorts of opinions, but in John in John's Gospel, John talks about Jesus breathing on them and them receiving the Holy Spirit, and that is before Christ sending the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter two. Yeah. So. Make of that whatever you will. He breathed on the disciples. They received the Holy Spirit. So you would have to say that at that moment, before the, the Holy Spirit came on them in power, they were united. Yeah. Um, and the evidence, I think, of that is that they all went to the upper room and they were praying and waiting for the promise of the Father. So um, why would they have joy? What would Jesus' death and resurrection bring? Eternal life. Yeah, eternal life and... Salvation and, let's be a little bit, not so much about me, more about, yeah.
5: Hope.
0: Hope, yeah, peace. Yeah, eternal life with God, that's the big one, of course. But also that he, he had conquered the evil one. His death conquered Satan. It didn't pen Satan up, but it conquered him. So um, that's why they would have joy that Satan had been conquered or overcome or uh, whatever. It, why is that important, do you think? Why is that important to know? For us.
3: Yeah, it shows, uh, power.
0: shows his power, so take it on from that. Why is it important that we know that Satan is a conquered enemy? A defeated be enemy.
5: Because mm-hmm. yeah. we're on enemy territory, so we walking on his land.
0: We're not afraid of him. Why not? Because the God who is in me is greater than he who is in the world. The spirit who is in me is greater than he who is in the world. If you think Satan is still fighting and might win, then what good is the protection that Jesus is praying for? So the, the whole purpose of it is he is. they will have his joy made full in themselves because they'll know that Satan is defeated And that the protection of God is enough for them. I heard, I forget where I was the other day, about, um, yeah, I forget where I heard it or what it was about, but about someone teaching that the enemy, demons, can enter through your feet if you take your shoes off in a temple. Do you know what? If you're a believer in the Lord Jesus, the enemy cannot enter your physical body, your spiritual body. He cannot enter you
5: that you're going along with the will of that faith I've
0: heard that well I'm sorry but I think that's just complete and well, utter nonsense bit, and for someone to say, outrightly say that you're giving the demons access through the soles of your feet I, you know I'd like to be able to talk to that person yeah. and, at length because where will you find that in scripture? Nowhere what we find in Scripture is that Satan is defeated and we are protected. Now, can he access? Can Can you give him access? Of course. If you keep going out and getting drunk every night, you are giving him access to your life. And he will. you're giving him a nice vulnerable spot for him to shoot his arrows at you. But if you are living according to the will of God to the best of your ability, if you are, you know, doing all that you can, which means you'll sin every day, but do you know what I mean? If you are living for God, God promises to protect you and keep you from the evil one. That has no meaning if it means I can go into a temple with my shoes off and get the demons up through my feet. It's no meaning. Exactly. Not just the temple, it's everywhere. Exactly. Great point. Okay, so um Jesus reminds them then, I've given them your word, and the world has hated them because of it. And um, uh, he says, I've given them your word, and I gave them the words, verse 8, you gave to me. For the words you gave to me, I've given to them, and they received them and truly understood that I came forth from you, and they believed that you sent me. Because of that, I'm asking on your behalf. So... Um, how will knowing all of that stuff shape our prayers? That's what we need to kind of think about. If, if the world hates me, it hates me because I have got the words of Christ and because I have the spirit of Christ, how will that shape my prayer? I mean, think about specifics. Jesus has promised to protect me from the evil one because I have the evil one coming at me. And when you fall, the body falls. You remember uh, Paul's talk about the body of Christ in, verse, in chapter 12 of First um, Corinthians? He talks about us being a body. And when one part of the body hurts, we all hurt. Yes. So when you fall in whatever way, when you're attacked in whatever way, and you you hurt, I hurt, the body is hurt. So this unity is not just that we all have the same idea and the same purpose. It's that we really are part we are bone of our bone of his bone and flesh of his flesh and so so how will that shape my prayer then as a believer in the Lord Jesus
7: yeah
0: yeah think about it what is you know what sorry yeah you're all on one track and I'm on a completely different one I'm so sorry John will say in his letter the lust of the flesh and the, uh, the boastful pride of love and the desires of the eyes that is what the world gives you look he says everything in the world the cravings of sinful man the lust of his eyes and the boasting of what he has and does that's of the world so my prayer now is Lord I am sorely tempted in this particular way, the lust of the eyes. I mean, I love department oh, stores. I don't know about it. It's First John 2:16. I love department stores. Do you know why mm-hmm. I love them? Because you walk in and, like, everything is there. Everything. You know, it's like, and it all glitters. What it just them? glitters <laughs> and it looks really beautiful. I appreciate oh, I know, I know. But when I walk in there, I feel the pull of that. Yes, yes, oh my goodness, even more (laughs) as a Christian, I never noticed it before, now I notice it. So I feel the pull of that, and I have to be saying to myself, this is all just nonsense and rubbish, and I don't need it or want it, but that's a prayer that I have to pray. Now, I'm bearing my soul as usual, but you'll have those things too. (laughs) You have things that start you off, and that appeal to you from this world. I don't know what it is, but you have them. And so that's what I'm talking about. We need to be praying for each other. So now you can pray for me about when I go into John Lewis or wherever <laughs> it is. <laughs> but, you know, we need to be praying for one another, knowing that those things exist in each other. Yeah. Why does the Bible say about them if, if they don't exist? John's writing to believers. So what he's trying to say is all of the things of this world—not just the world's philosophies and ideas, but all of the things that it pushes forward as if they are good—are not good compared to Christ. And yeah, exactly, exactly. Good. Yeah, and a delight to the eyes. Yeah, exactly. Exactly.: First John 2:16, 15 and 16, I think it is. So um, those things have to shape our prayers. We live in a world that is against us. It's against us in every way, and we have to see that, and we don't see it unless we continually pray and ask the Lord to show it to us. You know, I, I've told you before, I, I, you know, I've got a friend who's got a house in France and when I go there, I, I don't go very often but when I go there and it's sunny I sit there and I think, oh I could live this life I mean I could just do this, what would be wrong? I'd still talk to the Lord, I'd still read my Bible, I'd still pray but I could just live here and enjoy myself and I know that's the enemy I just know it's the enemy I think we're all under attack, Kim. Yeah. We're all under attack. And we are, all, we are all at the mercy of these things because it stirs something in us, whatever it is. Um, I'm looking at you, Julia. I'm not going to say what I think that might be because I don't know. But there will be something in you that is... Ca- did you say cats? <laughs> <There>. <laughs> anyway, let's move on from that. So it should shape our prayers for one another. So what about... Um, so as we start to live for the Spirit, live by the Spirit, for the Lord, as we as we understand we're protected and preserved, what uh, will be happening through you? We'll be You'll be changed. What will be happening through you? Oh, through you. We'll,
1: we'll want to do more for Jesus. We'll want to spread. What will
0: be happening through you? Not People in your head or in your be heart.
6: More
0: Hopefully, that's true. What else?
5: Hopefully, that's <laughs> true.
0: <laughs> well... The
3: decisions that we make and the, the, the way live <laughs> will show...
0: Witness, and what will be the result of that? I mean, what is actually happening in that?
3: <laughs>
0: no, that's, it's not all about you. <laughs> Think about it. Sanctification, yes. But what will happen is that the Holy Spirit will convict the world you live in of sin, mm. of righteousness, mm. and of judgment. And so what's happening is you're being sanctified. We're all praying for each other that we'll be sanctified. We'll be able to tell the difference between what's of the world and what's not. And as that's happening and as God answers that prayer, we are going to face more and more and more hostility because the Holy Spirit through you, whether you know it or not, will be convicting the world of sin and judgment and righteousness. And so you will start to be accused of being holier than thou yes. Yes. and you'll be accused of well arrogance and pride yes. and all of those things yes. and people will not want to be around you largely because you don't get drunk with them and you don't laugh at the same sort of jokes and you don't all of the stuff i mean not even things like that but just you don't live the way they live
2: yes. Really, in the end, something that I've found helpful, because I, I, I mostly feel total alien in my own yes. country, yes. Um, is I, I have to keep reminding myself that I'm in
0: a different kingdom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you are. Mm-hmm. And you belong to a different world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. you are. So um, that your commitment to God and to the things of God will start to show... And as that starts to show, you will start to show other people the shamness, if that's a word, the shallowness of their own values. Because you will start to talk about life in terms of eternity and the things that are important like grace and mercy and joy and peace and Jesus and eternal life. And you will stop talking about Let's say what I saw in John Lewis on the makeup counter or this counter. You know, I'm just using that as an example. But you'll stop talking about those things more all the time because you will be starting to talk about the Lord Jesus and those things, and the world will not like it because it will show up the, as I say, the fragility of their world and the. So um, it is happening already. It is. Yeah, it is yeah it is study no study it study is definitely definitely yeah
3: secular,
2: yeah. Human- yeah definitely Humanistic yeah definitely
5: Definitely.
0: Like no they don't want, yeah, yeah. They don't want yeah, yeah, yeah definitely they don't no. want they don't want christianity they'll have almost any other religion but not christianity go ahead
1: i think there's a lot to be said for um trying to establish relationships well, with people who are not christian
6: because I,
1: um, even if you've only got a short period of time to establish that relationship I think I think it's really good to try and um, be an ordinary person with people and show your vulnerability and so that people will show their vulnerability to you and I think yep. at that stage you can then um, explain where you're coming from
0: uh, if you thought I was saying something different to that I'm not okay. no no. you're not no, no. I'm just yeah, yeah, okay, that's good because
1: then. Because I think, you know, this idea of us being, we so different in the world, mm. actually, in some ways, we are similar to the world, Yeah. that we've all been dropped in our head as a baby. Yes. <laughs> and
0: there's
1: not many of us, Christian or non-Christian, who haven't had a difficult walk at some time, at yep. a stage in their life. And I think if we can come alongside people and um, allow our own vulnerability to show... They will show their vulnerability, and yeah. then yeah, Yeah, then you can help them understand where you're coming from. Oh yeah, definitely. Rather than them looking at me as a religious man. Yeah. yeah,
0: definitely, <laughs> <laughs> definitely.
5: <laughs> you. <laughs> it's, how, it's how we deal with situations, as well, isn't it?
0: Mm. I'm not advocating that you do anything different apart from. Ask the Lord to show you things from yeah. his perspective mm-hmm. yeah. and to help you to, to, to value things the way he values them. That's all. Because if we don't do that, inevitably we just get caught up in the world's values. Yeah. It just happens.
7: And that naturally, that is a provocation to other people that don't see it our way yes. and perhaps aren't respectful of Yes. Because I know I, I do come across that in my own family. Yeah. The lack of respect... Mm for Mm. what they consider, you know, well, we two are just more holier than that. we are just nuts, yeah. That's not what we're Mm. about at all. But they don't want to see it for Mm. what it is because Mm. that means they would have to question what they do. What they do. And they don't want to question it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I think, too, and uh, I really want to stress that this is what the Holy Spirit does through you. This is not what you do. Yes. This is what he does through you. That's what Jesus said. And he, when he comes, will convict the world of right, sin, righteousness and judgment. And that, and he's doing that through you. Yes. yes. Where is it? Yes. It's in John 14, I think. I'm hoping it's 14. Let's hope it is. John um, 16. Oh, there you go, Linda. John 16. Verse 8. Verse 8. So... Thank you, 8 to 11. So, you know, the thing is, Kate's right. All of it's right. It's like the many-layered onion, you know. You you think you've understood it all, but you've only taken off the brown skin, and now you've got several more layers to go down. It's a complicated process. Life is not simple, really. It isn't. And and we all live in different worlds, kind of different circumstances we all have to adapt this truth to fit our circumstances but we have to live by it we have to live by this truth because that's the only reason you're here and honestly if you're not going to do that what's the point what's the point Mm. so um uh what's god's plan for you then in this as you're trying to make yourself aware of the truth of what he's doing through you and in you and uh, the fact that he's protecting you and preserving you and the fact that his goal for the, for the body of Christ is that we be one mm. as they are one. Mm. Um, what, uh, what will you pray in the light of all of that? I and
2: think you need to understand um, God's perspective on things, to be praying to understand how... Well, as you said, as he sees things. Yes. So going back to Kate's point, um, God sees, uh, you know, our, our, our battle is not with flesh and blood, but, mm. but with the person fixed exposes. Mm. God, God is seeing that mm. in people, and, and it will help us to pray for them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, exactly. But it's the awareness that's where we're coming to, and that's what you're saying, Carol, isn't it? This awareness of, of A, that there's, there's a way of seeing things that God sees <laughs> that is God's, and B, that he will show you if you ask him. And then that will open up a whole load of prayer for, for us. And the thing is, what strikes me about that is that we began with Jesus saying in Luke 18, pray at all times. And one of the ways that will ensure we pray at all times is if we understand that we need a better perspective on everybody and everything, and that then that will open up this other whole chasm of prayer for each other, for ourselves, for the body of Christ as a whole, for the world, for everything. Because we will start to see things as he sees them. And in all of that, the opposition will intensify, Yes, we will have some, hopefully we'll have some wonderful testimonies of God's, well, we will, of God's grace and his mercy Mm -hmm. and his power. Mm -hmm. But we will also have that in the midst of difficult situations. And the thing is, it is not God's answer to take us out of those difficult situations. That is not God's answer. You know, all through scripture, The people that we look at and think, wow, they were amazing. They really prayed. They lived for God. Think of Daniel. You couldn't get a more difficult circumstance than Daniel's circumstance. So, I mean, I don't think we can be Daniels. I think Daniel is a type of Christ in that he... he, yeah, but, but he also was a real person who did real things and he lived in difficult circumstances and he didn't pray for God to take him out of those circumstances. He, he prayed that God would use him in them. Yes. And, um, and though in this case, in John 17, Jesus is about to be taken from the world, his followers were not. They were the ones who would face the repercussions mm-hmm. of uh, the Holy Spirit being given, being poured out and so will we be so um, in the midst of this world system in the midst of Satan's attacks in the midst of all of that s- that's going on what are we to be and to do pray without ceasing, pray without ceasing. Be, be unified read the word yeah
5: fellowship
0: fellowship, all of those wonderful things. We are going to be in this world for as long as God wants us in this world. And so our prayer ultimately is, Lord, don't let me waste a day of it. No. I don't mean that in any way, in any kind of super spiritual way. I just mean, help me to be aware that I'm here for your purpose. And, and help me to, to withstand the attacks of the enemy and the attacks from my own flesh, which is weak. Help me to stand firm. And, and that will shape our prayers um, you know sorry that will be our prayer and a, he will answer that prayer um, yeah and I suspect that I, everybody would have a, a testimony of that if we were going to do it which we're not we're going to finish there and um, carry on next week and hopefully next week we'll finish John 17 I'm not sure but I hope we do
5: Mm-hmm. I
0: not hear I'm, I'm, oh. I'm sorry. Oh. oh i going on holiday. A holiday, Linda. Holiday. Oh, How dare you. Holiday. Where are you going?
6: I'm
0: sorry. Oh, lovely. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're going to have some good weather, so that'll be fine. Um, so John 17 will continue next week and then it will be finished. Uh, one person, well, I've already had two people who've said they will take one of the Tuesdays in August. And so definitely we will continue. So pitch up at the same time. Come for prayer and fellowship and looking at the word. And um, and I will be here at the end of the month, but not at the beginning. So um, I'm saying all of that. I'm still here next week. So Father, thank you that your word is amazing. Thank you, Lord, that we can hear so much from you in it lord help us to pray in the same way that you prayed help us to pray for one another that that you would protect us and preserve us and that you would sanctify us lord help us to help each other to um to grow lord to be encouraged and edified and built up in this body uh the body of christ help us lord to live the lives we want to live actually we want to live lives that glorify you and and That's an amazing thing in and of itself, Father, but but you've given that desire to us and we know you will fulfill it. So help us to align ourselves with your work in each one of us and in the body as a whole so that we might be productive, that we might bear fruit for your glory, Lord, because that's what we want. So we thank you, Father, for this word and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.